scripture on the front of your bulletin. It is Luke 11, verses 1 through 4, the Lord's Prayer. He was praying at a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as, God, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. scared you all when the series on the Lord's Prayer began with a sermon on Our Father, and I told you at that rate we'd be here 31 weeks. Well, to tell you the truth, it's hard to know where to break up this prayer for preaching. Our Father, okay, that's... I will 
be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there it is again. More description, more detail. What it means for thy kingdom come. How God's name is hallowed. You want to hang on to your seats. As I told you last Sunday, hallowed be thy name is the heart of the Lord's prayer. Everything that comes before it and follows is about glorifying God's name, hallowing God's name. But today, we go even further into transformation. And God is an expert of transformation. And we are going to see God's expertise in this prayer. It's really a transformation revolution. So let us pray and let us get into God's will. Lord, we thank you for this prayer. We pray that we never be able to offer it to you the same. That we will hear the power in these words. We will hear the life calling in this prayer. We pray we will hear what is required for us to pray this prayer and to build your kingdom. Be with us, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom Every parable Jesus ever told was about the kingdom. How often do we hear in scripture, the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price, a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son and his lost brother, a businessman, who paid those who worked three hours the same as he paid those who worked all day in the hot sun. A fig tree, a hidden treasure, a banquet, an unjust judge, and one of my favorites, a mustard seed thrown into a garden. And we know there were so many other parables that Jesus told. Every single one of them with the same subject, the kingdom of God. But Jesus did not stop there. Jesus told us about the kingdom to come on earth. Jesus told us about the heavenly kingdom where all is Healed, where all is made right. And Jesus told us about the kingdom that is at hand. And Jesus died to bring us that kingdom. Jesus died to get us citizenship in that kingdom. Jesus died 
so we might join in the building of that kingdom. Thy kingdom come. With those three words, we're saying all of this. All of this is included in those three words. Talk about a purpose worth living. Thy kingdom come. Talk about something so worthy of being passed from generation to generation. Loving God's kingdom, working for God's kingdom, devoting our lives to God's kingdom, living for it. But I'll tell you something. Kingdom living is hard. It's so hard that not even the Apostle Paul could get it right all the time. I am so thankful. He, in, in a moment of brutal but beautiful honesty, he said, Why do I keep doing those things I know I shouldn't and not do those things I know I should? Anybody been there besides me? Oh, thank you, Paul, for voicing what's inside me, too. But he's still called an apostle of the church, so I have hope. Jesus didn't slap him down and say, you'll never be with me again. Instead, he raised him up to build the church of the Gentiles. There's such hope in that. But it was hard for the Apostle Paul. Kingdom living is hard. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. That's kingdom living. And this whole prayer is about kingdom living. It is so hard that I am astonished that we can pray this prayer every Sunday all the way through to the great Amen. Thy will be done is a call to duty, a call to action. And even Christians are good at advocating our responsibility. God put someone on your heart. You haven't thought about them for a while, and all of a sudden they're there. And you try not to think about them. You don't understand why that person's been put on your heart. But it won't leave you alone. And you say, ah, maybe this is God putting this person on my heart. And you, so you pray, saying, maybe God wants me to pray. Lord, I give them to you. I wonder how many times God hears that prayer and says, wait a minute. I just put them in your hands. Why are you giving them back to me? I thought you were a soldier in my army. I thought I was your commander giving you your orders. Here's the person. Now what are you going to do? But instead we abdicate our responsibility and we say, Lord, I'm going to pray. And now I give this person back to you. And God's looking at us like, what? That's not how things work. Yes, pray for them. 
So now you've got to figure out, what am I supposed to do with this person's name? And it's obvious. You're supposed to take that person's name who's been put on your heart and take it to the pastor so he can go and figure out what he or she is doing in life. So he can visit that person. You know, that happens a lot. And you know, some of you know exactly what I tell you. Your heart, your mission. If God puts someone on your heart, it's not so you can bring it to me. Avoid the middleman, in this case, man. Your heart, your mission. And it's time to go out there on, uh, on that mission and find out what's going on with that person. Don't abdicate your responsibility. God's army with you in it. This prayer is so hard. Think about it. We cannot pray our if we cannot acknowledge that those who don't look like us or act like us are our brothers and sisters. We cannot pray our if our faith has no room for the needs of others. We cannot pray our unless our enemies are in our hearts, loved by God. So loved by us as God demands. God's will. Love your enemies. If we can't do that, we can't get past the word our. And that's just one word into the prayer. We cannot pray Father if we don't live that relationship every day. And how can we pray who art in heaven if all of our interests and pursuits are in earthly things? Do you see how extraordinarily difficult it is to pray the Lord's Prayer? Hallowing God's name means in every word, action, and thought. Thy kingdom come means playing by God's rules all the time. Obeying our king, our king who says things like love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you and who tells us we are blessed when persecuted for his name's sake. Think of all the people in scripture whose backs were being whipped, who were beaten, who had stones thrown at them. Do you think they felt blessed at that moment? Do you think they were able to say, thank you, Jesus? And yet, our calling in this prayer all those things are in that prayer when we obey thy kingdom come. 
means we have a king. <coughs> On earth, nope. Can't pray that unless I am truly ready to give myself over to God's service here and now. Trusting God to provide all our needs. And then comes that almost impossible requirement for forgiveness. And deliver us from evil? Where can we possibly go? We're, we're delivered from evil in this world. And the same for temptation. Help us to avoid temptation. Where can we go in this world to avoid temptation? So those things must mean something even more. Thy kingdom come. God is the boss. God is the boss, not me. For God's glory, not mine. Y'all know my favorite example. When the steering wheel is in front of you and that joker pulls out right in front of you, thy will be done. Pray that at that time and see how easy it is. God is urging you to tithe or sing in the choir or play bells. Thy will be done. Or serve on a committee. Thank you for not groaning. Or become a lay servant minister. Or calling you to ordain ministry. When your hopes and dreams all led very different place than that. Thy will be done. Or work for justice. Or to give time to a homeless shelter. Or tugging at you to become a foster family. Thy will be done. How many missionaries have lost their lives because they so believed thy will be done? And how many missionaries founded their lives because they so believed thy will be done? What a challenging prayer this is. And oh, what miracles happen when we get consumed with God's kingdom. We should pray this prayer, even just this small section of this prayer, with fear and trembling. Why? In God's will, Moses got in Pharaoh's face. Thy will be done. David fought Goliath without any armor. Thy will be done. Jesus died on a cross because thy will be done.
extraordinarily difficult, but with extraordinary blessings. I am most likely married to Sissy because she said, Him, do I have to? Thy will be done. How many students, patients, souls in Africa have had their very lives changed because people have given generously to schools and hospitals, to Africa University, all for one reason. Thy will be done. An entire continent is being transformed because there are people there walking literally thousands of miles to get there. Because I heard those words, thy will be done. I was baptized. I had been blessed by the ministry of the church from my very first breath of life. Because my parents lived those words, thy will be done. When crisis looms large, when evil is powerfully at work, when uncertainty about tomorrow threatens to overwhelm, we walk with confidence because thy will be done. We have a king, perfect in righteousness and love. And even though the seas roar and the mountains tremble, we shall not be moved except by God's will. Praise God, thy will be done. And God shines through when those words become our way of life. Thy will be done. Amen. <laughs>